0: Welcome in episode six, CBC three, wonderful women of the car biz, Brooke Furness. This girl came to us, woman, excuse me, this woman got into the car biz in 2009, 2010, right at the kind of middle end of the crash, not really kind of right there. Uh, She got in on the vendor side and really started to see dealerships from the inside out. And now she's taken that knowledge and she's put it to work for a dealership. You, you're not going to want to miss this. I'm telling you, her energy is straightforward. She doesn't waste time. She doesn't want you to waste hers or her to waste yours, which is not a, a trait I find in a lot of people. And she's got another common thread with me. She's a sports nut. So we got a little sports in here today. We've got a little car business here today. If you like listening to smart people, you're going to love this week's episode. So sit down, enjoy, and thank you guys so much. We'll see you again next week. Welcome into episode number six, Carbiz Chronicles season three, the wonderful women of the Carbiz. We continue today with, as you guessed, yet another wonderful woman from the Carbiz, Brooke Furness, who is joining me from kind of right in my own backyard here in Wisconsin today. Brooke, how are you? I'm doing well. Wonderful, wonderful. So, Brooke, you were uh, telling me a little bit in the pre-show that you're sort of a car nut. Tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, I have grown up loving cars from as young as I can remember. Uh, I had come from a large family. I have three brothers, two sisters, and from a very young age, I mean, I remember when I was probably, I'm going to say even like eight, and my family would go buy vehicles. They would take me with them, not my brothers, me, and I'd be obviously your test drives, what have you, and I would be in the front seat and salesperson would be in the back doing their little spiel and I little blonde eight-year-old turn around like no that's not the spec of the car these are the specs of the car and I just go off on and, and they, every time I'm like what the what the hell that's I'm like no this is what the spec of the car is and I'd just go off on it and it, they just didn't quite understand the little eight-year-old little blonde would then and it's always I've always been that way throughout high school I was the only Not only female, but only female in the uh, any auto any any auto shop uh class, I just couldn't get enough of it. I uh, we had the family car that was passed down through all of our family, and yes, I was the one that figured out how, yeah, I'm like, I want to change my own oil, I'm the one that changed the brake pads. I, I, I did everything, so I've always been a car nut. Um, just it's always been up brought up in me, that's just how I am. Uh, my brothers, I mean, they, they like cars, but I'm the one that's just that way. And to this day, it's whenever they need anything car related. It's like, hey, so I'm looking for uh, this. And I, I just would think they would know a little bit about it. And they do. No uh, but I even like CPO. though, like, So what's CPO? I'm like, oh, okay, Let me let me explain that to you. I just see some things you take for granted, but uh, yeah, I've got more and more stories just about. I've just have always been a car nut, uh, so I've loved watching all of all of your episodes, going back and just listening to other women that have been in the industry that you can just relate to and think, "Hey, I'm not the only OCD psycho one out there that loves, <laughs> love cars."
0: <so> go, <laughs> well, I like, love it. <laughs> well, I like that you brought up his shop class. Okay, that's not something that a lot of people are familiar with. The Midwest seem to have high schools. I don't know uh, exactly where where you went to high school at. But I mean, what I experienced in shock class was there was definitely no girls in our shock class. Uh, You know, you had the cars. I only made it through small engines. I didn't get into the actual next big class where you were working on the cars. Uh, Again, as I told you before we started, I don't know shit about cars. (laughs) um, if, If new cars didn't come with Moroni stickers, I probably wouldn't have sold one of them. Because I don't, that's not my, I'm a, I'm a people connector. You're a, you're a, you're a features and benefit connector, which I really love the idea of that. Brooke, when did the passion of the, of the actual, you know, kind of side love of the car business, when did that meet up with you actually getting into this wonderful industry?
1: Yeah. So I have a bit of a, uh, very grateful for my background, everything I did, I've done with my life. I've been really blessed in a lot of different areas where My background is actually in the medical field. I uh, went to school, become an athletic trainer, sports medicine, physical therapist. And uh, so I did that and traveled around the world. I came out of college and moved to Japan and worked with uh, Broadway Broadway show in Japan. And then from there, just kind of snowballed into working with Broadway shows as their uh, medical personnel. And then the world fell apart in 2008. And uh, shortly thereafter, I was like, well, my my uh, job was so specialized, they did away with it, and some other things happened, whatever, what have you. And so one of my good friends um, said, hey, you know what? You love cars and you know more about vehicles than any person I know, and you like traveling. And he goes, one of my good friends, um, ha- uh, you know, I've got this company that my, my friend has, whatever, ends up being Dealer Socket. And uh, at the time, I didn't know anything about this company just said apply for it. So I applied, ended up working for dealer socket. And uh, once you get in the car industry, it it sucks you in. And if you don't get out in the first year, man, all bets are off, you get sucked in, you can't get out of it. So that was around uh, 2009, 2010. And I have sat in about every seat there is to sit. I've done the vendor side, the consulting side. I've done the entrepreneurial side. Um, I'm now obviously on the dealer side. And uh, we've we've done about everything. But I've Lived in about every city. Uh, I'm back in Chicago now, and uh, been here for. And I came out here in 2000, uh, 2010. I came out here and been out here since. So yeah, it's uh, it's been a wild ride. It's been a lot of fun, and uh, love every minute of it.
0: So when you got on with the dealer socket side, what was your? So I mean, you were in the medical field. You really weren't selling anything. I, I assume you got into more of a sales role with dealer socket, probably right. Was actually consulting. were you more on the support side
1: i was uh did. oh uh, man just going back a little bit uh strategic strategic service consulting. i think was the direct uh title Where we, uh once they they would purchased the product from uh, uh dealer socket we'd go in and actually quote unquote install but we'd we'd be their consultant and, and show them how to use the product how to uh best utilize the crm how they could have more uh service uh how do I want to phrase this but best utilize the products so we'd have more ROI from it. so we actually didn't sell anything now we could upsell them and so uh b- building that relationship with the dealership and showing how how to best keep the product yes we could upsell them and the, but you didn't want to come out this as a salesperson because then you lose that relationship of who we are and what the product was and I uh, leave the selling to the salesperson as a, if it brought up that hey you know what you are, uh, there's a the revenue radar at one point. That was a, the hot thing that came up. Sorry, we have psycho dogs in the background. You can probably hear. I apologize about that. No, it's just,
0: just just a little bit. Don't worry. I just had to get mine out of the room. So I get it.
1: It, It's our neighbor's dogs. They go from like 6 a.m. until 11 p.m. It's freaking awesome. I love it. It's 2020. Yeah. It's great.
0: Uh, Good <laughs> job.
1: It's great. Yep. Uh, side note. Uh, but... So when revenue eight radar became really big with your socket, that was one thing that would say, okay, do you already have something? If you don't, hey, this would work really well. But if you just randomly threw through that out there, what good does that do? Because you lose your credibility as, oh, here comes Brooke again. She's going to pitch us something. I don't want to come across that way because I'm your consultant and I'm here to actually show you what you can do to generate more uh, or to, uh, to improve your uh, profit in your, uh, to improve sales. And that was, let's
0: let's just say, let's face it, right. CRM usage is still probably one of the most, I don't know, worst things dealerships do in their day-to-day lives. Here you are back now you're on the retail side. So Mm -hmm. you did it reverse of me. I got in the car business. I worked retail my whole life. And I got out to the vendor side, but now that you're in retail, what do you see yourself really putting a focus on the CRM because of how long you spent seeing, I mean, I can't imagine the amount of bad work you saw people putting into the CRM. So is that something now in your day-to-day that you really put focus on with your people and sort of, hey, this is extremely important?
1: So huge. So when I went, I mean, I I worked on the vendor side. I uh, went from dealer socket to um, my brother and I started a company together and then went to CDK and was with uh, Infinity and then over to now dealer side. So actually in between they're actually talking about my own company as well and in that it CRMs as we both know you utilize what that percentage if that and yeah. that's maybe being generous of how much you actually use and of that that you use how much of it is used correctly even smaller so it is it is so damn vital that you use it I mean I don't care if you're using higher gear or if you're using Vin Solutions or Ely's, I don't care what ones you're using. You might as well use freaking higher gear. And I'm not trying to knock higher gear in any way, shape or form. Use Excel because if you're not going to use it, why the hell happen? Because it, you've got all these amazing tools. And if you go back to the 90s where we freaking had Rolodex, at least you're using that. Because we now we have all these amazing tools. You've got auto alert, you've got, I'm not trying to pitch anything. That's not at all what I'm trying to do. I'm just saying we have all these incredible tools at our freaking fingertips, but we're so damn lazy, we don't use them. Or it's, oh, it's too much work. Really? Really? Because this thing right here tells me everything I need to know and it's so frustrating that we'll, we don't use it or it's just garbage in, garbage out. So back to your original question of, yes, there's so much emphasis on there, um, sometimes when you, when you call, uh, whether you go from dealer to vendor or vendor to dealer, uh, you're seen as, uh, Oh, she's, he or she has all this information and a lot of stuff gets piled on you a lot of times. And so it's trying to, to sort out saying, okay, what is most important and to, to focus on that and get those processes aligned and then to actually make sure that they happen. So we get so, how do I phrase this? Is that, um, making sure those happen, but emphasizing that I know things have been done for 20 years or 10 years or however long you've been in business, that those things have happened like this and we've done them this way forever, but things can change. And that CRM has been doing this for so long or this process has been done for so long and it's okay to change and things can change. And when it does change, things get a lot better. That was the
0: kind of uh, slowness to change a surprise for you when you got on the dealer side, having been up on the tech and vendor side previously, like when no. you got to be a dealer where you're like, man, I'm surprised that you guys don't do this faster or more behind it. Like how how did you kind of deal with that, that roadblock? I know a lot of people deal with in their dealerships.
1: Um, to me, I don't think it was a surprise just because being on the other side, when you go as a vendor and you say, okay, Hey, we're gonna focus on X for this month. And you know, next month when you come in there, we're gonna focus on X again because nothing has been done. Or there are some dealers that are really on the ball and you say, okay, we're gonna focus on lead handling this month. Okay, great, we focus on it and you great job, you did it this month. And then that's so rare that it actually, that it does take place. And then when you're in the, when you switch roles and you're on their side, it's so great because you get to see the fruits of your labor that, hey, I saw this all the way to fruition. It was fantastic because we i was able to go in there and and see the increase in roi and we were able to see the uh gross increase and in profitability and everything and it's fantastic because you can take the bulls by the bull by the horns and and attack it now but uh that being said being on the other side you know going into that that uh the auto industry is uh behind the times mm-hmm. and it's it's just an, that's a very blanketed statement because of that you know going in there that if you go in full force, I'm going to change this, I'm going to change this, I'm going to change this, you're going to get a big uh, uh, screw you. No, you're not. Get out. There's the door. So you got to go in with a velvet hammer and say, okay, here's what we're going to do. And here's how we're going to do it. These are the goals, but we're going to very, very slowly crawl, walk, walk a little faster, and then maybe run, get to get there. Um, So I don't know if that answers your question or not, but that's, you got to go in knowing and knowing that some of this might change, but there's a good chance that none of this will ever change.
0: Well, I asked because I think a lot of people, you know, I think a lot of people get into the vendor side and then they, they make the transition to the dealer side because dealers are looking for always looking for the next best hire. And so, you know, if you're, if you're someone who they think gets it, then they, they're going to hire you. Right. So they work to hire you here. You come to the retail side. And I think a lot of people don't really understand kind of the differences of, of kind of in the consulting roles, one thing, But being and living in a dealership, as you know, is different. Uh, The hours are different. The expectations are different. You work with multiple stores as a part of your current job. Um, How are you, are you able to set a standard for your group in these stores to do certain processes, to have certain things happen? Or do you still find that the stores themselves do run separate, although be it under the same umbrella?
1: um yes and no is the answer to that (laughs) so uh at one location we have uh two stores uh, two new stores on the the same parking lot and then we have a pre-owned center across the street so that location is a beast of a store in a good way they sell a lot of vehicles so that location kind of functions on its own in another location we have another uh another city we have another uh store uh that location while it is the same brand and all stores function as, hey, we're, we're one family, we'll we, sell, we will swap cars, there's no bad blood, they all love each other, they're one happy family. Um, each locate the, 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 the two locations, if you will, uh, there's really three location, but the two locations, they function semi-independently of each other, uh, where um, they have the same, a lot of the same tools, but they do function a little bit independently of each other, independently of each other whereas, the processes, uh, if you submit a lead, let's suppose if you submit a lead to one location versus the other location, you are going to get a different experience. Um, not ideal situation, fully aware of that, just, just the fact of how things are.
0: I like how you said that. It's, it's not ideal, but the way it is is the way it is. When you look at the way that your stores run, people talk a lot about leadership right now, right? So it's all kind of the buzzword, leadership, leadership, leadership. Do you see leadership as a big reason as to why people use tools or don't? And and for you looking at it from your perspective, is that why these stores are successful or independent of each other is because their leadership has just decided their paths?
1: 100%. I 100% agree with that. It's from top on down. So if if top on down says, hey, this is not important, okay, I'm not going to do it then. If someone says this isn't not only important, we're going to enforce it. Okay, great, because we all know at the end of the day, the path of least is risk resistance. If I know that, hey, I can take this shortcut, I don't have to do this, and I know it's not gonna be enforced, and uh, my managers say it's not important, then hell, I'm not gonna do it. And if the other person says, this is super, super important, this is gonna make us, this is gonna help us sell more vehicles, this is gonna increase your paycheck, and your sales, and your, your profit, and your blah, 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 blah. Hell, why, why wouldn't I do this? Of course I would do this. This is a complete no-brainer. So if you're bought in at the very top, regardless what, whatever the process is or whatever, whatever we're doing, why wouldn't you? And so when you're, you've got at the very top, it's gonna to filter all the way down. I mean, I even go back to back when I was on Broadway shows, I know that the, I look back at the tours where it was the, the best tour ever and we had the most fun and it was the blah, blah, blah. It's because that company management at the very, very top they had a, they could still be, we could still have rough days and rough weeks or blah, blah, blah. But at the very, very top, it was top on down. And that's how, if you're not, if you don't have the the very, very top, it it filters all the way down.
0: And I think what we're finding now is even, well, even more importantly now, I think, because of everything we've dealt with this year, as you and I talked about a little bit before we started, 2020 is just a year of, you know, it kind of is what it is and we all have to move forward and, and continue to stay as positive um brooke in your role how has it how have things changed in your role over the last let's just call it six months i mean it, have you had more things added to your plate have you had uh you know worse things added to your plate talk to me about kind of the evolution because how long have you been back on the re like into the retail side
1: yeah so i started over man it's been just- September of last show. It's been over a year. Um,
0: so your so your first year in the car business, 70% of it is during COVID. Yeah. So tell me. What, <laughs> tell me about it. What's really happened and changed for you over the time since you've been into the actual retail side?
1: Yeah, it's been a it's been a, a fun experience. Um luckily, like my other half is he's been he's been the car business for like 20, 30 years. So even when I was on the vendor side, I was when I wasn't traveling, so you know, obviously, vendor, you're traveling 90 percent of the time. So even when I wasn't on the vendor side, I was in a dealership nonstop. So okay, we were so you're you married
0: to the car business as long as you've actually been in it. A hundred percent. So that's something my wife can talk to you about for sure, because there is something to be said about a wife of the car business even before you got into it. A uh, That could be a little bit crazy. We are unique folks. What does what your better half do in the car business?
1: He's, you uh, know, you know, you know, Chris Ammar, don't you? No. Oh, I thought you, I thought you were, I thought you were his uh, uh, consultant for a while. He knows you.
0: Really? Yeah. Side note. Sorry. I thought you knew Chris. No, you put me to it. See, there's so many people that I meet along the way and I forget. I'm terrible with names. Um, sorry. Where Side at? Note. What store? Uh, Berman. What
1: store? He was a Berman Infinity. Uh, for, he opened, he opened up Berman.
0: Yeah, see, I didn't deal with the Infinity Store. I was on the Nissan contract. Oh. So I only dealt I only dealt with and please while we're here, what a great organization of human beings, the Berman yeah. Auto Group. Like yeah. literally Mike Burma is one of the coolest oh, people incredible. I've ever met. Um and his kids are awesome too. And you really like to see that. But no, I was on the and they siloed that. You know that, Brooke. You yep. worked there, you were on that was your team. You didn't you didn't really go over to the other team. So no, I was on the Nissan side I mean, all by, I bet you he met me at an all Berman meeting. Oh man. He, then he knows Chuck settles. So we're all, oh, I, the... I know
1: Chuck. I know Chuck I
0: know Chuck too. Okay. I know Chuck. Victoria. We're talking about Chuck too. Well, again, the car business in Chicago, small family, we've all been doing it in a long time. So yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if I've crossed paths with Chris previous to that in my Grossinger days, which yeah. Yeah. Prob- yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, he's not with him anymore,
1: but yeah that's a, uh, that's a, uh, yeah. I, because anyways, we'll yeah. take it offline. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, it's Good. All right. So you've been in married to the car business as long as you've been into the car business. So when you come home now from retail, is it like you looking at him going, Oh, you told me so, or him going, <laughs> him going, I you. like, what is that like for you guys?
1: No, it, well, the great, actually it's, it's a benefit actually to have both of us in there because we'll bounce ideas off each other all the time. And so when you know, when he will sit there, okay, well, what about this idea? What about this idea? And if he's trying to figure out, Hey, I'm running this idea. I go, well, what about this from a marketing standpoint? Or what about this from a process standpoint? So we sit there and bounce our, I can't get out of the car business. Even when I, when my computer shuts down, which it rarely does, or my phone doesn't stop binging and, and whatever, we'll sit there and go over ideas all the time. So it's, it, it doesn't stop. I wish it would sometimes, but it doesn't stop.
0: No, the car business never stops. And that's what my wife, my wife has to hear it all the time. Uh, I live and work out of my home. I do not travel. I'm not, I've completely set the company up satellite. So we don't go anywhere. And and I get it. I get people say, well, you know, you got to leave your home at home and work at work. That's impossible. It doesn't happen. I've tried. It doesn't happen. (laughs) And it just, it makes it more aggravating to try because then you get home and you're just like, you yep. say anything, and then I'll find you. You blow up. You're like, all right, here's what's going on. So, yep. Brooke, when you when you look at again, what's changed for you in your job? Has it been more about the details and paying more attention to the details over the last eight months, or has it been more about just trying to manage the crisis not only amongst the people but amongst the upheaval that we've all kind of experienced? What's been the bigger part? Um,
1: it's a little bit of both, to be honest. So, uh, it, as luck would have it. March 11th, when everything sport, I'm a sports junkie. ESPN has been a freaking binky. Like I, I I'm a Michael Jordan fanatic. I have a massive problem of buying Air Jordans. Like I'm a sports junkie. So March 11th sports stop. March 11th, we launched our, our brand new website. So March 11th hits, we launch a website and the world comes to an end. So everything happened. Like I, that day is like seared in my mind because everything stopped, the world stopped that day. Uh, and so knowing that, like, like I look back and look at everything we did that, we changed the marketing company, like everything like that day, like all shit hit the fan that day. I was like, what the hell is going on? Like, just what? calm down. So looking back and thinking, okay, if I look back and look at everything, um, it's been a couple of things. I, I think there's some things that, yes, you are definitely managing crises for sure. Uh, but there's a lot of things that, no, I think that there's, um, both things that you said are true if that makes sense, because you go through and there are things that you're tailoring. And um, I'm going to use our, uh Jeff, our, our owner's words and saying, we definitely cut the fat and said, okay, there's a lot of stuff in here that we just didn't need. Like, the, hey, hey, get rid of it. And that's great. There's other stuff in there. It's just like, man, there's been so much stuff that's been piled on me that I actually sent a, a text, to one of our, our premium manager on Friday and just said, I know that you sent me an email and there's no way that I'm going to get it to it by Monday. I i get 200 emails a day so that one's just gonna have to wait until monday or tuesday so there's so much stuff that have been thrown at me uh which is, you know that, that comes to the territory i get it uh, and so some of it yeah you're just trying to wade through all the crap uh and some of the other stuff is i mean in an industry in general we become a really really profitable um i know i've watched some of the other ones about digital retailing tools and it is a double-edged sword Unless you go into it saying, Hey, we have a freaking process in place, and this is what we're gonna do, we're gonna go full force. If you're just putting it on there to put a freaking button on your on your website, don't do it. You're just don't do it. For us, we had a process in place and it has worked so well for us. But it's because we had a process in place, we marketing it like crazy and we did it the right way, we had the right people in place to do it. So knowing how having those processes in place and going through this crazy ass year and going through and saying, okay, what is working for us? So putting, and we uh, going through and having a added auto once again, not pitching products, just going through and saying, okay what have we done this year of putting this and making it so we can still be profitable. And not only that being more profitable than last year and in, in 2020 is pretty damn amazing. So going through and saying, okay, well, this product works for us and we didn't have this, so let's add this and let's, you know, turn these dials and saying this works better for us and this works better for us. Okay. What about this? Well, all right, we got to close down here. Or we got to do this or we got to do this or what, you know, you look at all these different things and well, this company isn't working so well, or this company is working or this lead provider. So I don't, know if that answers your question or not, but yes, it's both. Yes. To your question.
0: Yeah, no, I think, I think it's a, a couple of things that I take away from that. First of all, uh, cutting the fat, right? So trimming the fat, getting rid of that, I think it's really important. Uh, we experienced that right before you actually got into the car business on the retail side. We were experiencing that 08, 09, really trying to figure out, well, how are we going to survive? What's next? And so for me, uh, I've lived through 9-11 in the car business. I've lived through this and now, uh, and I've also lived through the great recession. And so lessons learned, right? They compile, you're able to put those sense together. And for us, we were able to help sort of our clients manage that, but still trimming the fat's important. I found a lot of people trimming the fat, not in marketing, but in personnel. Where did you see your fat trimming take place at your group? If you're at Liberty to discuss it.
1: Uh, yes. Yeah, so there's some things I can discuss legally. There's some things I can't discuss um, as I'm sure you can imagine. So it's a little bit of uh, here and there. So uh, there is a, uh, there's a product we have that we're able to, um, uh, I think I can phrase this legally, that we're able uh, to trim providers. Uh, uh, We can, we are able to trim providers and that Mm -hmm. has saved us a ton of money, being able to uh, evaluate our providers and that has helped a ton uh that this uh provider has just been very very helpful helpful to us to be able to get insights to see okay what provider is working for us what provider isn't working for us once again we went live with them around i think it was february march right as we went into COVID so uh we went live with them in our milwaukee location first and then when our madison location went live i think in like I want to say april or may um once again you got to spend a little bit money to get money back and that has been really helpful for us because once we could once again, take that, take the curtain back and say, okay, man, we're paying X amount of money for these providers, and they're doing jack crap for us, helped us a lot. And then when it comes to uh, personnel, I don't care what, what company you are, every company had a trim personnel. Um, so that, yes, that, that's there as well. Um, then when it comes to, uh, I'll say other companies out there, uh, once it, March was a really, really crazy month for us. Uh, coming on board, uh, I just said, hey, let's look at everything. No, let's look at Google, Let, let's look at every metric out there and say, where can we cut? So before March hit, I was already looking at what website provider do we have? And there are, there are better ones. And then there are some that just have, there are pros and cons. And so we changed website providers because it just wasn't, in my opinion, um, getting on the return on investment that we needed. So we switched that. There were other companies out there that um, when you looked at, hey, this isn't for what we're paying, the return on investment isn't there. So we just switched to other companies um, across the board. And I'll, for legal purposes, I'm just gonna say that we just, we just changed other companies. And it was based on a uh, very much a data driven process. And it was nothing personal. It was just from a business standpoint, uh, metric based on what we're looking at and what we're doing and uh, what we're spending versus what we're making. It's an ROI and uh, it's purely the business decision that we made.
0: So when you look at it, it sounds like you make a lot of decisions based on data um, which is not something that a lot of groups do. Is that something that attracted you to this group? Obviously someone got you to leave a, what I would consider to be cushy job in consideration of what people, most people think of retail what, what really got you to make that move and to work for the people you work for, bro? Well, um,
1: <clears throat> uh, that's a great question. And uh, I will um, try and think how to answer that one. So Jeff uh, approached me and just said, I, at the time, was working for a company that had lost, uh, that the contract had dissolved and was... Uh, we they had moved over to the uh, another contract and was traveling way more than I was anticipating, and um, so I the, when I when that contract had moved over to uh, another OEM, it had been introduced to my now owner, which is Jeff Rosen, and we were just talking back and forth, and he approached me, and uh, the rest is history, pretty much is what happened. So uh, with that. It, Jeff is a a great owner and, and, and honestly cannot say enough wonderful things about him. Great individual. And I knew going into it that he saw a vision that said, hey, you know what you're doing and I need someone that is going to be able to hold these vendors accountable. That, hey, I don't understand this and I need to surround myself with people smarter than me that understands that I don't understand Google Analytics. I don't understand these metrics. I don't understand any of this crap, but you do. And I need someone that can do this so we can focus on selling vehicles. So that's where I came in. He's like, I want you to be able to the the group and any, you know, blah, 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 and be able to do this so that we can focus on selling vehicle and take our group to the next level. And that's how it was pitched to me. And and
0: here I am. And that's how it's been. See, that's important. That's it. They'd be able to get what you you were told you could get out of it, which is great. Brooke, what do you see as far as what changes are you looking at or what areas I mean, 2020 is what it is uh, for the the new year. I mean, here we are. We're coming up into that holiday season, into the end of the year. What are some of the things that you're going to be putting on your radar for early 21? Oh, man.
1: (laughs) Anything except 2020, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Anything except this year.
0: (laughs) But let me ask you. Will you be using this year as a data comparison for your data sets, or do you somehow just delete it and compare it no, to twenty I nineteen? Mean, you can't wipe out a year
1: because I mean, um, for a couple of reasons. One, before I took over this this comp before I took over this store, there were they weren't measuring anything. I mean, they were barely well, they weren't measuring, they were, but they there were some they weren't even goals set up. So you you've got to measure. Uh, even if even if I was here, so you'd still measure it. And the reason being is that we still made a lot of strides, a lot of strides. I mean, we're still, we still beat last year's number. And because of the changes we made this year, even in a freaking pandemic, we made changes and we made growth and we, we, we skyrocketed. So you still look back at that and just know, okay. Okay. Knowing that we might put an asterisk next to it, but if we don't beat last year's looking back, okay, next year, next March, we better freaking beat March, March numbers in 2021. If we don't beat March's numbers, we got a problem. Now, and we'll take June. June's numbers were insane. So let's take with a grain of salt. Now, if we don't beat it, we know why we didn't beat it, but we still got to look at that. Additionally, because of all the changes we made uh, for, with vendors, we also know that we're now at, stat, well, I won't say status quo, but we keep the same vendors and everything's consistent minus COVID, We now at least have a a level playing field to say, okay, minus COVID, we have the same website provider. We have the same vendors. We have everything the same minus COVID. So now we know what's the underlying, uh, um, what I'm going here for. Additionally, as we look back at last year, well, I'm going to take one of our stores in particular. We had this freaking weird page that was put out there and it was getting like national Traffic. So now this year, it looks like all of our organic traffic's down, but really it's not really down because it was getting traffic from like New York and Idaho. Well, is that really traffic for us? No, because no one's going to come buy stuff from us. So it looks like all of our traffic's down, but we really look look at it. Is it really down? No, it's not down. But if you're looking at it from just like an up level, high level, a 20,000 foot level. So it's the same thing. If you're looking at it, you really look down and look at the metrics next year. Yes, you still freaking compare it. In my opinion, you still compare the numbers. You just investigate it just investigated. It's like, you've been on this before. When someone at a vendor level, not you, but I'll say someone at another vendor level throws you metrics and says, oh, here it is, you suck, or you're great, or look at everything we've done. Have you really done it? Let's take a little deeper look at it and see what those numbers really mean.
0: Yeah, that's I mean, that's what we do. Right. I mean, we do we do for our clients what you do for your dealer. I mean, the deal is we don't sell anything. We dig in. We look at data. We make sure it's correct. You find those national snippets. uh, That's what happened to you. The national snippet. When those get picked up on Google, they go everywhere and your organic traffic goes into thousands above. And so anyone who looks at data should know if you see a growth of over a hundred percent, you got to drill down that number. You have to understand why it looks that way because so many people go into the dashboards, you know, when they do go into the dashboards and the dashboards are so 50,000 foot view, they're made to be through rose colored glasses. There, just because something is green or red doesn't make it good or bad. And I like how you talked about that because I think that's important. People hear you say that, that It's before people break their arms, patting themselves on the back. Let's make sure that it wasn't a market-driven, b something that was, you know, happened to be here. That's not. So that's a valuable lesson to learn, Brooke. For you, when when you look at your marketing and you look at your, you know, the way that your vendors handle, you know, you, uh, is a lot of what your expectation is because of you were a vendor first. So, do your vendors sort of get that feel from you that, like, hey, I've done the job, so here's what I expect? Or do you sort of let them run their course and educate them as is? I mean, how does that relationship go? Because I know it was difficult for me going to be a dealer to a vendor because I hated a lot of my vendors. So, I didn't want to be a vendor, I didn't want to be involved in that same way. How, how has it changed for you going the opposite?
1: So, um, if I'm, i I want to make sure I'm understanding your question correctly. So, are you talking about vendors come and talk to me?
0: Yeah, like your relationship with vendors now, do you coach them and sort of give them the best way to work with you or do you allow them to sort of work their way and you fit into it? I'm just interested because I tried to let vendors fit in. I tried to fit into their way and then I decided their way was broken. So then I created my own way and that's what we make everyone follow. Is that something similar for you? Because you seem very process oriented. I don't see vendors necessarily wasting your time
1: yeah so yeah and because because i have another side i'm very empathetic to the fact that hey uh like in fact this today we had a call with auto alert and i just said so i know you got everyone has ever has their goals to meet do you need to talk to me by the end of the year is that part of your goal that you have to check a box to talk to me about the end of the year if not we are good and I'll call you because I am very process. And I'm a little OCD, I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little OCD that I will I will let you know if we need to talk. He's like, no, 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 we're good. So I, I am very, very process oriented and I'm very out of control, hard worker, blah, blah, blah. Um, so it depends on the vendor, but overall, yes. I, I'll let you know, hey, this is what needs to be done, blah, blah, blah. Um, if there's something comes up, I'm gonna let you know. If it's just some random person that i've never talked to in my life and you're just trying to get a hold of me and sell me some piece of crap i don't know you you don't know me just yeah. go to voicemail like dude i'm not gonna probably call you back because i get two once again i get 200 emails a day like i don't know you from freaking adam <laughs> if you know me then that's a different story but uh in, in general once again but on the other side so I know what it's like. I know you got to do this. I know blah, 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 So oh, But I like
0: how you go through the checklist because you know this time of year they all have that. Yes. And they all call. They're like, well, you know, I've got this. And I've noticed recently too with some of these vendors, these calls have turned into like multiple people, like four or five people yes. in the same company on the same call. And I'm like, oh my, what oh, the hell? It's like six people on the of Not one of you knows how to do your job. How did I end up here? So you've seen it then, Brooke. You're obviously experiencing this multiple call thing. Yes.
1: Yeah, there was I had four people on the call this morning and I had a, a, there was an email chain today and I'll, one came from like I've never even seen these three people on the phone on this email. I don't even know who these people are. But,
0: but yeah. then, then let me ask you, though, Brooke, how do you deal with the turnover on the vendor side? Because, you know, that stuff ramps up this time of year. Obviously, we dealt with quite a bit through COVID. Do you have your own set of reports, your own set of things that you look at for the vendors you work with? And do you rely on their monthly calls or do you pretty much do what you need and then use them as needed? Like what's your approach there?
1: It depends on the vendor. So uh, I keep a, a running list of every single vendor that we have. And then I keep the who's the point of contact. And then if it's depending on the vendor, if there's a chain of command. So our, uh, our website provider, for instance, it, I've got the, you know, uh, uh, the, mat, the point of contact, And if there's a, if it's support, you know, that goes support app, blah, 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 blah. And then if it's bought, you know, then all of the information, then the next vendor, who it is. So there's an entire list. And then if an employee is let go, what happens? And then if an employee is hired, what happens? And every single thing that needs to happen. So that's all in in our Google doc form. So all the managers have it. So it just makes it nice and easy. And then when it comes to, if there's something that needs to happen. So there are certain vendors that we have a monthly cadence with. And then that just, it just keeps on going and whatever, and that's in my count. If it's not in Google Calendar, it does not happen. That's plain and simple. No ifs ands are about to about it. It, it. When I die, it better be in Google Calendar, or it will. not. I just won't die, I guess. I don't know. It's just nah, I don't know. breathing probably in Google Calendar as well. Um, every everything else, if someone tries to, and I've told I told my our reps this, our vendors, our consultants. Um, some people are vendors. Some people are actually consultants. Like you can tell if it's someone I like, like, hey, you're an actual partner.
0: Yeah, it's a, party, it's a partner, partner versus a consultant or a vendor in general. The goal is to be a partner. When yes. dealers like yourself refer to people like me as a partner, that makes that, that's what the job is for right. to me. Uh, someone calls me a vendor, we probably won't last long together because we don't view our work as that of a vendor. Um, it's different. I know it sounds like semantics, but to me, it's, it's not, not important. than that.
1: It's not. If you're a vendor, you won't last long, 100%. So if you're like, those that uh, if they try to schedule, because I do have such an insane schedule, uh, if, you, if you try to schedule, hey, can I get on the, on the books this week? It won't happen. It's gotta be two weeks in advance usually to, to get in to see me. I feel like I'm a freaking doctor's office, but my it's insane. I, I, I have, I, I know we talked about this earlier, but someone jokingly asked about my title and I just go, choose one. I, I, whatever you want to call me, call me because that's about what I do. Um, but because of that, it's, it, unfortunately, you do, you've got to book out of probably a week to two weeks to, to schedule something with me. So those that are actual partners, they understand that. And so we book it out, you know, either re- reoccurring or about a week to two weeks in advance. And and that's fine. And then the rest of them just know that uh, text huge. I'll, I'll answer your email, just know that it will probably, if If I get it right when I'm not in a meeting, which is rare, I'll get right back to you. Otherwise, plan on like like two days and I'll get back to you just because of the amount of emails. But text me. Please text me. You're free to text me. Have at it?
0: That is, that is, I like that because that's how most people don't understand. You have to, what you just said there was the way that you prefer to be communicated with. And I think it's important that people listen to that. Okay. Oh, you're frozen. Right. They've had, they, they have the opportunity to text you. They don't. Uh, and then you've got those people who you've given the opportunity to text to who they take advantage of. it, mm-hmm. And then they have to be told that, like, look, uh, by text me, I meant like as needed, not when you feel like it. So there's a there's a little bit of difference there uh, for me. Brooke, you have do you have a team of people you work with? Like. In, kind of work with all the stores and everyone in them?
1: Uh, oh, I need a team. <laughs> uh, but no, it, it is. I am a. I'm one person that does, I think, a work of a team, but I am one person. And then I work with, I, I cover the entire store, all the stores, uh, if that answers your
0: question. Do you guys have a BDC? We,
1: we do have a BDC. We, uh, they are one BDC in Milwaukee, and they cover the the two stores there, and then the pre Center, and then the Madison BDC is uh, in Madison.
0: It's on. Okay, got it. So you have that, you have that set up separately. Okay. Got it. Got it. And so when you look at the, you've been really gracious with your time, so I won't take much more. I know that you're busy. Um, but when you look at the way that BDCs are current, the consulting side, so you've seen different sides of it, right? You've seen it go good, go bad. What what, what are, what are you seeing as a change in your BDC given the last six months? Has anything changed with what more work, less work, more contact, less contact, sort of how has that job evolved as you've seen it?
1: Yeah. Um, I, I, I will champion uh, our, we've got our, our two locations. Once again, they, they differ a little bit on how uh, the processes go. And like I said, it's, it, and also two different ways, the two different people, two different communities. Um, Madison's different than Milwaukee, blah, blah. Madison has really latched on. And I, I've got to champion them a lot on this is that uh, we brought in once again, not pitching any product. Not going to, Make that really clear. Not pitching any products, just the product we use because it works for us. That's all. Uh, We brought in Co Video back in. Once again, it's probably around like March. That's a surprise, and that has worked just so so well for us. I don't care what product anyone uses; just video cannot. And I've been. I started video back in dealer socket days, back in 2010, and it was we were using Skype back in. Peru, Illinois, and, and we were using Skype back and forth to communicate with people on FaceTime. So I was doing, back, doing this back in 2010 with customers and it just, is, it worked really, really well. So I've been doing this for 10 freaking years. And so brought this once again, over to, the, to our, our Rosen group here and uh, I'm not in Wisconsin, but in Wisconsin and Madison has done so insanely well with that with every single customer gets a video. And uh, we've taken that into there and they've just done so well with it. We have customers that we through other channels, not just through Google Analytics, but other channels that we can see that it's the only reason the customer bought the vehicle was because of the car. And then we'll have customers tell us, Hey, we submitted like 20 leads and you were the only, the only reason we're coming to buy from you is because you guys sent us a video. So that's the, probably the biggest one I would say from a process standpoint that the consumer is and. We all know this is, I mean, you know this, I know this, but to see that from a, from a dealership level, and then they've really latched onto it. And we've taken it other ways as well, but um, that one's worked really well, whether it's, you know, you're qualified or, Hey, here's the video, walk. everyone knows the video walk around, but we've taken it so many different ways from a a video standpoint.
0: That's awesome. Video has been, it's so important. And now it's, you know, again, it got thrust back into the spotlight where it belongs. Co-video Good people over there. Uh, I've worked again, like you said. I don't care what video tech you use. Make sure it links to your CRM. Make sure it's easy to use in a browser, and make sure it's easy for people to use in their cell phones. And if if all those boxes are checked, then sign up and make sense of the whole thing because it's it's, it is what makes sense. Uh, Really quickly, you just brought up Peru, Illinois. Not a lot of people know where that is. I do. What were you doing in Peru, Illinois? I have clients in Mendota. No um, and, and and Rochelle, so I'm wondering, were you were you visiting dealers, or did you live down in Peru? No, no,
1: no. Shout out to Jeff Perry uh, GMC out there. Uh, yeah, I worked with uh, Jeff Perry uh, GMC Buick down there. Cool. Yeah, cool. they're great people down there. It's uh, a
0: great, it, it really is. It's a, I love going down there. I love hanging out with my guys and just you know going to some back. I call I, I say backwoods to them. It's like a back cornfield, but we just end up in this little hole in the wall bar. I'm a huge sports fan like you. They got all the Hawks memorabilia all over the yeah. wall, and I'm just like, oh yeah, I love it here, you know. So that's cool. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, no, not often if cool. someone drops a Peru IL on me though. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: we're uh, diehard Blackhawks fans, and so Jeff Perry and I would always like he's a season ticket holder, so we'd always I, we'd go to almost all the games, and so we said, nice. I'm
0: like, Jeff, hey, how's it going? <laughs> you're a you're a big Hawks fan. So I'm going to ask you this. Probably I'm going to regret asking you after I do. You're a Chicago sports fan though.
1: I am. So because I'm a transplant, I am a big, obviously Chicago fan, but I grew up, my mom was a diehard Yankees fan. So I'm a Yankees fan. I adopted the Cubs, but I'm a diehard Yankees fan.
0: So you adopted Um, the wrong side. You came here and had a choice and you still chose the wrong side.
1: Okay. Think about this for a second. If I'm a Yankees fan, am I really going to go for the Sox and AL team or cheer for anything with a sock name in it? If I'm a Yankees
0: I get it. Oh, oh, now you're gonna blame the red ones for the white ones. Okay. Of course. And
1: it's an AL team. Come on, dude.
0: Really? But you're a Bears fan then?
1: I adopted Bears fan. I'm a uh Titans fan, first and foremost, Tennessee Titans fan. Uh been the Titans fan since ever. Uh but I've adopted the Bears. And then uh so
0: we agree on hockey. That's good. I'll take one. Yes,
1: and then been a, I was born in Idaho and then I uh, lived in every other state, but uh, I've been a Bulls fan since I was, I think I came out of the womb wearing a Michael Jordan jersey. So I've got full up pictures when I was like four years old, like decked out Michael Jordan stuff. So, um,
0: yeah, Well, then you certainly had some good winning years there. Uh, that's for sure. As, as, a, as a Bulls fan, I lived in Chicago. And somehow, weirdly enough, I was in Phoenix when Charles Barkley got traded and there's a whole big thing. I ended up being a Suns fan as a kid while all the Bulls won these championships. I ended up being this really weird Suns fan. And then they beat this, they beat the the Bulls, beat them on my birthday for the championship. It's one of those things I'll just, I'll always remember and hope to forget someday, but.
1: Oh, that's a poor
0: soul. Brooke, let me tell you something. You are a lot of fun. Your energy is so honest and you really look, what I like about you is you bring the car business you don't have this kind of like, I've been doing this 10 years, oh, like the car business mentality. You have it. It's still fresh to you. Shit, it's barely been a year. So, I mean, you know, in actual retail, and I don't want to discredit the first years of you on the, on the vendor side, but there is a difference when you enter into the retail side of things. So, I'm just so happy for you, and I'm glad you're working with great people um, you really, you, you know that already. So that's really cool to see. And I know you're friends with my girl, Victoria Miller. As well. no, she,
1: she's rad. She's good people. Very good people. She's a good person for sure.
0: Brooke, keep smiling. Uh, stay positive. And people, I think you've heard it now. If you have Brooke's cell phone, you probably know her. Text her. Don't email her. <laughs> like, but if you don't have it, you don't know her. She's probably <laughs> not going to call you back. So uh, that goes for both of us. Thank you guys so much, Brooke. Thank you again. And uh, as always, we'll see you again next Monday. We're going to wrap it up with the finale next Monday. You're not going to want to miss it. Thank you guys so much.